at the sight of the crowds, Jesus's heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. I have to admit, every time I read this passage from Matthew chapter 9, I always feel a little bit of a pang of sadness. In the past, I've shared with you some sobering statistics about how many Catholics actually believe in the real presence. It's one of the chief reasons why the bishops of our country have called for a Eucharistic revival. But the Eucharist and the sacred priesthood are intimately connected, right? You can't have one without the other. And so there is never going to be a revival of the Eucharist without renewal in the priesthood. Let's do some math. Globally, the number of baptized Catholics increased from 1.36 billion in 2020 to 1.38 billion in 2021. That's an increase of 1.3%. This increase in Catholics is slightly lower than the percentage of the population increase of the planet, which rose from 7.67 billion to 7.79 billion an increase of 1.6%. The number of priests worldwide decreased from 410,219 in 2020 to 407,872 in 2021. That's negative 0.57%. There's also a drop of 0.32% in the number of diocesan priests and 1.1% of religious priests. The average ratio of priest per faithful throughout the world stands at the end of 2021 at one priest for 3,373 faithful. Now, To give some perspective to that, in 1950, there was one priest to every 652 Catholics right here in the United States of America. Now, it is one priest for 1,843 Catholics. The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. Now, we can sit here and talk all day long about the reasons why this is the case. Okay? It is very complicated, and there are no easy solutions. But what is interesting is that in Matthew chapter 9, where our Lord himself gives the vision of so many people who are in need of a shepherd, All he does, he doesn't give us a program for vocations recruitment, right? He doesn't give us, you know, this magic wand, right, in order to get more priests. He says what? Pray. He commands us to pray for vocations. 
And, you know, we do that here at Prince of Peace a lot. It is also important for young men to see priests who are happy, who love their Lord, their church, and their calling. I mean, if you go to church and Father seems like a very unhappy man, right, he's not going to inspire anyone to come after him and say, you know what, I want to be that miserable too, right? (laughs) But there should also be a culture of vocations in the parish. Families need to believe that having a priest in the family is a good thing. Mothers need to know that when they give up their sons to the church, they're going to become the mother of so many more than they could possibly dream of. Now, there shouldn't be pressuring a man into doing it. I still remember in college, one of my buddies, you know, his mother wanted him to be a priest so bad she couldn't stand it. And so finally, he came home from college one day and says, Mama, I have a vocation, and I know her name, right? So no pressuring. But it certainly should be something that is valued, appreciated, and loved. Now, I know that some of you have heard this story before, but, you know, I am not the most original thinker, so if you've heard it before, you're going to hear it again. There's a tiny village near Turin in northern Italy called Lu, L-U. I mean, there's just a couple thousand people that live in this town. Think about Pumpkin Town, South Carolina, as being about the same size. In 1881, the mothers of this small town opened their hearts to listen to a call by their parish priest to do something radical. Under the direction of their parish priest, Monsignor Alessandro Canora, they gathered every Tuesday for adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, asking the Lord for vocations. They received Holy Communion on the first Sunday of every month with that same intention. And after Mass, all the mothers prayed a particular prayer together, imploring for vocations to the priesthood. Through the trusting prayer of these mothers, the openness of all of the parents in the parish, there was this atmosphere of deep joy and Christian piety that developed in those families, making it a lot easier for the children to recognize their vocations. I mean, the Lord said, many are called, but few are chosen in Matthew chapter 22. In other words, many are called, but only a few respond to that call. Now, there is nobody who expected that God would hear the prayers of these mothers in such an astounding way. From this tiny little speck on the map of northern Italy came 323 vocations, 152 priests, diocesan and religious, and 171 nuns belonging to 41 different congregations. As many as three or four vocations came from some of these families. And every 10 years, the priests and sisters born in Lu would come together from all around the world. Father Mario Meda, the long-serving parish priest of Lu, who was Alessandro Canora's successor, 
said that this was a true celebration. There are these beautiful pictures of all of those people right in front of the parish church, right? It's a feast of thanksgiving to God who has done such great things for this little tiny speck on the map. The prayer that the mothers of Lou prayed was short, simple, and to the point. O God, grant that one of my sons may become a priest. I myself want to live as a good Christian and want to guide my children always to do what is right, so that I may receive the grace, O God, to be allowed to give you a holy priest. Amen. Now, you may be sitting there this afternoon and thinking it's a little strange that on the day before, the day that Americans celebrate Father's Day, I'm spending so much time talking about mothers praying for vocations. Well, gentlemen, why should the ladies have all the fun, right? You know, the most powerful relationship a man can have in his life is with his father. If it is a good one, the chances are much greater that he is also going to grow up into a fine young man as well. And if it's a bad one, he's going to have to struggle to live masculinity and fatherhood in a way which is truly life-giving and beautiful. I think that when a priest grows up in a house with a loving father, he's going to model and image that for his people. If you want to have good, holy priests who are real fathers to their community, we're going to have to have good, holy fathers as well. In 1881, Monsignor Canora asked the mothers of his parish to pray for vocations to the priesthood and religious life. In 2023, as your parish priest, I'm asking the fathers of our parish to pray for vocations to the priesthood and the religious life. The church needs good fathers to shepherd the flock. I don't mean just men who happen to be ordained and celebrate the sacraments like robots. I mean true spiritual fathers. And I know that here at Prince of Peace, we are mightily blessed to have a lot of very fine men who are good fathers to their children. And So often, our fathers hear all of these messages from the culture, which quite frankly are just kind of annoying, right? You need to do more. You need to be more. You should do better. You should be better. Good God, just give a simpler message, right? Be who you are and be that well, as St. Francis de Sales said. And so can the fathers of our parish pray each day, O God, grant that one of my sons may become a priest. I myself want to live as a good Christian 
and want to guide my children always to do what is right, so that I may receive the grace, O God, to be allowed to give you a holy priest. Amen. You know, it is an ancient custom of the Catholic Church that when you go to the ordination of a priest, the priest's hands are consecrated, they're anointed with chrism, you know, the fun smelly oil that we put on babies' heads, right? And it's a sign that they are set apart to bless, right? And what happens is, of course, you're dripping with oil, you can't go around like that. So, a linen cloth called a purificator is put around the hands of the priest to clean off all of that chrism. And the tradition is that when the mother of a priest dies, that linen cloth is put around her hands in the coffin, right? Because if it had not been for her, he wouldn't be a priest, right? That's an ancient custom. And something which has happened only very recently, but I've noticed this very frequently, is the very first purple stole, right, that a newly ordained priest hears confessions with, right? now priests are putting that, giving that to their father, right? and that is being buried with the father. This is a new thing. I think it's beautiful. I was able to do both of those things for my parents before they passed, right? and so they now await the glory of the resurrection. My mama with her hands bound with the same purificator that I was given at ordination, and my father with that stole that I heard my first confession that I remember absolutely nothing about, and if I remembered, I couldn't tell you. What a tremendous gift. All the Lord asks for is prayer. And prayer reminds us of the grace of fatherhood, of asking our Father in heaven for everything that we need. Gentlemen, don't wait for somebody else to do it. Don't ask someone else's son to consider the priesthood or for someone else's daughter to enter a convent. You are the priest of your domestic church, and your fatherhood can be multiplied in so many ways, more than you could ever dream of by promoting vocations in your own family. Now, here's another little factoid since we're doing math today. Eighty percent of men who are ordained to the priesthood were altar boys in their youth. Yes, I'm looking at you. Eighty <laughs> percent. That's amazing. Let's encourage our boys and young men to draw near to the altar in the special way that only the altar server who, remember, stands in for the clergy at the altar, the way that that altar server can do. The more that the boys become a part of divine worship, the more that they participate in the fatherhood of God, and the more that they take those skills and graces into their spiritual lives and beyond. The Eucharistic revival and the renewal of the priesthood, they don't have to be these large, complex movements of 
programs and seminars and campaigns. Good God, that stuff is so boring, I can't take it. Let's just do what the Lord asks. Pray. Because that renewal comes about when all of us with great simplicity and love respond to the love of the sacred heart of Jesus. May all of us today rededicate ourselves to prayer and sacrifice for those things that truly matter. And in a special way, invite our fathers to pray for all of the future fathers of the church.